Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nick, as always, our show is sponsored by the good folks at Bones Coffee. You go to BonesCoffee.com. Great tasting coffee at an affordable price. Come on, Nick, sell the people. Give them a, give them a quick elevator pitch sell on why they should get Bones Coffee. Folks, I, I, I say this almost every week on this show, right? Flavored coffee, oftentimes just the flavor doesn't show up. Bones gets this right. It is it, when they roast their beans, they are imbuing those beautiful flavors into it. Currently, we are all about the maple bacon here at the Zaveri household. Uh, we get it we get it freshly bagged. We grind it here. Uh, it's just part of our daily routine. I can't speak enough about it. As Mike said, super affordable, but just a huge library of flavors. Whatever you're into, they got you. The world's freshest small batch coffee, bonescoffee.com. There are sample packs on there. You can join their coffee club. You can even buy stuff in bundles. But when you throw everything into that little shopping cart, right at checkout, there's a promo code box. You enter in one word. Can we please talk? All one word. You get 15% off your first order. Head to BonesCoffee.com today. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Can We Please Talk Podcast. I am Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Severi. On the program today, the January 6th committee held their live hearings last week in prime time. Nick and I will react. Also later on in the program, apparently January 6th was just a dust up. So a little bit more on that later on as uh, Jack Del Rio voices his opinion. If you're wondering who Jack Del Rio is, you're going to find out later on in the program. And then lastly, there's finally some compromise on gun control in this country. Nick and I will explain on the gun legislation that just came through a framework agreement that came through as Nick and I are recording this and you're listening to this 
potentially on a Monday or Tuesday. Nick, uh, first I say hello before we get into all of that. How are you doing, my friend? How's everything going? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, we, you know, obviously we're going to get into it in a moment, but um, feeling really good about what I'm seeing with this proposed agreement. Um, I'm really excited, <laughs> excited to talk about it now, but right, yeah, right. for the first time in a long time to see Republicans and Democrats having what feels like a civil and forward moving conversation means a lot. Um, yeah, beyond that, it's good. We're, you know, we get a Father's Day, get ready to celebrate, you know, so. Yeah, you know, all good over here in this part uh, of Florida and uh, Miami. I actually was um, in Chicago last week, and uh, I did want to mention that there was a company that I ended up using for airport uh, transport, uh, Ride in Bliss, which uh, may potentially be a sponsor on the program. But I got to be honest, I was traveling with my wife and kids. If you have wife and kids out there and you're looking to travel in style, get picked up, car seats, they got everything, you know, kids music on. Listen, I mean, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, I'm over here praising a, a Toyota Sienna picking me up with car seats in it and uh, how times have changed. But Ride in Bliss, if, if they're listening out there, and I think they may be because uh, we, the show account uh, tweeted to them. But yeah, they are a great service out there. But uh, all is well, my end. Uh, you wanted to add something to that? Yeah, no, I'm glad you put me on to that. And again, hopefully they become a sponsor, CWPT. But yeah. yeah, we've got a big trip coming up in uh, in December. So I'm going to write that uh, company down because we could certainly use the help uh, as we head down to Florida, actually. Yeah. Dude, it was uh, very easy. They got there early. The pickup gave the kids stickers and books, even though we had stuff for the kids. But it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I'm excited to get into this episode because uh, you and I have been texting last week about the January 6th committee and the primetime hearings happened. I was actually watching it a little bit of it in Chicago. Obviously, it was, you know, countering with uh, game, I believe, three of the NBA finals. Um, so obviously, you all know that the January 6th committee last week held their first primetime hearing, uh, you know. If you haven't heard some of, we're going to play some of the, the hearing and obviously Liz Cheney's comments, Benny Thompson, the representative from Mississippi, his comments, who he chairs the House committee. But uh, some of the footage um, they, they, that they released, some of the interviews that they've done with different people from Bill Barr to other people in D.C., lawmakers, Capitol Police officers that were working that day, some of the stuff that wasn't seen in the subsequent months. The committee has been doing a lot of investigating on all of this, and they're now publicly starting to release a lot of what people didn't see, the communication, the lead up, everything that happened in the days prior that ended up leading to January 6th. Um, I'm going to play something here. We're going to play some of the comments from, like I mentioned, Representative Thompson and Representative Cheney. You're going to hear a little bit uh, as well from their interview with Bill Barr, the former attorney general under President Trump, and then... You're going to hear some of the audio from that day that was released, and obviously it's out there on video, but you'll hear some of the audio and the communications between the police departments and also the different militia groups that were protesting and the protest itself and some of the back and forth. I just want to warn everybody, obviously, it's an audio podcast platform. You're not seeing the, the visual, but uh, some of the audio, there's some language and stuff like that. So uh, just be advised on that front. Um, before we get into that, though, first, uh, I will say. For the, I was just thinking of this before we jumped on, um, because we're going to get into it with the the Washington uh, commander's defensive coordinator who believes that this was a dust up. 
The reason why we're circling back here on January 6th and why the nation is circling back on this and the committee has been investigating this is because, you know, we're founded as a democracy, right? As a republic, right? We're, you know, these type of things, uh, citizens believing that an election is stolen and then protesting and storming government buildings and damaging government property and trying to uh, take down elected officials and do harm to them, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't happen in this country, right? That doesn't like at least for everyone of a certain age, you don't recall anything like that happening here. That happens in Russia. That happens in Myanmar. That happens in Venezuela. That happens in Brazil. That happens in countries that you are now seeing authoritarian figures in. And so um, for me and for Nick too, I'll speak for Nick on this front before we play the clips. This is serious stuff. Like whether or not it impacts the midterms, whether or not it impacts elections and future going forward, probably. Well, you know, and we have strategists coming on and, and representatives that are running for office that will be coming on in the coming months as we get to that. But at the core of this, this is not that hard to understand, okay? Because there's some there's some people conflating things and there's some people making false equivalencies to Black Lives Matter protests and stuff like that. We're going to get into that. At the end of the day, people went to Washington, D.C., where our congressional leaders meet and, and, and take votes, and, and the certification of the election was interrupted because people were breaking windows, trying to break in, grab government leaders, fighting police officers, using weapons, and they organized and they did all this. And this committee is getting to the bottom of that, the lead up to it and what happened on the day. Just want to give a summation because if, you, if you're one of the people listening to this episode right now and you think January 6th was a dust up and no big deal, you may want to turn this podcast off and go check out another pod that, that, that can entertain your, your, your worries and your fancies there, okay? Uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I, I have heard some of that in recent days and weeks leading up to this. And you saw the House GOP tweet out that this is old news. No, it's not. It doesn't matter if it's old news. This is some new footage. And, and we need to get to the bottom of like how this all started. Yeah, sure. We have the Twitter paper trail, but we need to get to the bottom of this. Okay. With that, let's play some of the clips from the committee. If you did not watch the primetime hearings on January 6th, uh, excuse me, on Thursday night about January 6th, uh, take a listen to this. I'm Benny Thompson, chairman of the January 6, 2021 committee. I was born, raised, and still live in Bolton, Mississippi, a town with a population of 521, which is midway between Jackson and Vicksburg, Mississippi, and the Mississippi River. I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6, 2021. Over a series of hearings in the coming weeks, you will hear testimony live and on video from more than half a dozen former White House staff in the Trump administration all of whom were in the West Wing of the White House on January 6th. You will hear testimony that, quote, the president did not really want to put anything out calling off the riot or asking his supporters to leave. You will hear that President Trump was yelling and, quote, really angry at advisors who told him he needed to be doing something more. And aware of the rioters' chance to hang Mike Pence, the president responded with this sentiment, quote, maybe our supporters have the right idea. Mike Pence, quote, deserves it. 
I had three discussions with the president that I can recall. One was on November 23rd, one was on December 1st, and one was on December 14th. And I've been through sort of the give and take of those discussions. And in that context, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bullshit. And... Uh, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it, and that's one of the reasons that went into me deciding to leave when I did. I observed, uh, I think it was on December 1st, that, you know, how can we, you can't live in a world where, where the incumbent administration stays in power based on its view, unsupported by specific evidence, that the election, that there was fraud in the election. Yeah, just for awareness, be advised, there's probably about 300 uh, Proud Boys. They're marching eastbound in this uh, 400 block of um, kind of independence actually on the mall towards the United States Capitol. I am not allowed to say what's going to happen today because everyone's just going to have to watch for themselves. But it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. I hope Mike is going to do the right thing. I hope so. I hope so. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. And we become president, and you are the happiest people. Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us. And if he doesn't, that will be a, a sad day for our country. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength, and you have to be strong. We're going to give Ryan a warning. This is the hour out of here. We're going to give Ryan a warning. We're going to try to get compliance, but this is now effectively a riot. 49 hours declaring it a riot. 5 to 50 be advised. Uh, Capitol Police 1 advised they're trying to breach and get to the Capitol. Yeah, copy. We're about five miles out. We're trying to make our way through all this. Okay. You heard some of that there, um, and obviously the video is a little bit more damning. It's about uh, 12 minutes in length, I believe, that the committee played of some of it, uh, new footage um, released, some of the audio, obviously, that you're hearing there from Capitol Police uh, declaring it a riot around 1.49 p.m., uh, and then you hear, obviously, as, as, as Capitol rioters start climbing the walls, uh, breaking windows, a couple of Proud Boy members uh, break uh, some of the windows to get in start letting people into the rotunda. And then obviously, you know, that they, the house of representatives stormed up, uh, excuse me, boarded up um, 
some of the uh, the doors there. They put ch- chairs, tables, whatever they could. There's obviously uh, Capitol Police that are inside the chambers of Congress as well. Um, we've seen the footage of you know Mitt Romney and Mike Pence uh, being secured and taken to secure locations. Um, Nick, some of that video, obviously, um, you know, January 6th started out, you know, everybody thought, oh, well, it's just a big, big old protest for something that is not true, right? Because over 60 cases thrown out in court and there was no evidence of election fraud. You heard uh, Attorney General Bill Barr there, the highest uh, officer in the land, let's say, uh, and he did not follow along with the president. He's like, this is bullshit, like in his words, uh, I don't want to be a part of this because this is not true. There is no election fraud. The election's not being stolen. These people come to the Capitol on the basis of a lie. And then whatever happens, it pivoted. And then, you know, obviously the Capitol Police didn't get enough support. And then uh, you're seeing everything play out and unfold. And, and the committee vouches to, or vow, excuse me, to at least introduce more evidence, more testimony, more people that were not only there that day, uh, but lawmakers, et cetera, et cetera, people that, that know. And, and the lead up to it, they've interviewed people that uh, you know, we're in conjunction and talking with the Trump administration about doing this. Um, give me some of your takeaways about overall what, what you saw on the primetime hearing that night. Uh, Representative Thompson and Cheney's uh, opening comments, Attorney General Bill Barr stuff, some of the footage, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, one, th- I think the theme of this episode today is the, the hope of bipartisanship. You know, we're talking about here, seeing how that hearing or, you know, how Representative Cheney um, and others have managed to work really collective or collab- collaboratively rather together uh, to to dig deep. You know, one thing is for anyone who watched the show, who watched the um, the hearing, the primetime hearing the other day, you know, just the number of interviews, you know, just seeing people like you know, former Attorney General Bill Barr sitting beside a couple of folks, you know, having to tell a story and explain what's going on. You know, the level of depth of these investigations has run deep, actually. And and that's what's being played out now. You know, what what gave me hope was to hear Representative Cheney, a you know, a noted Republican who has been basically punished by the party for for taking this stand and do an excellent job of taking us through what was going on. One thing that really stood out was the fact that she didn't mince words when she associated the former president with January 6th and that the point of these in of this hearing or the you know this investigation is to connect these two entities but what's also interesting you know the larger conversation too to take away from it is with all the details coming in that the former president knew there was no election fraud this one of two things happen either he's in denial and going ahead and telling these folks to still storm the Capitol, or he knows he lost. And this is still an attempt to maintain power. That's a subtle difference, but it's an important one. Because something I've maintained, and Mike and I have talked about this, is that a lot of folks, and I'll, I'll lob Tucker Carlson in here, have been basically marketing a lie that everyone agrees to. Every sensible person knows Donald Trump lost that election. But there is a large portion of people that if you tell them the election was stolen, will eat that up. Because that feeds into a narrative they have about this country. Mike and I, you know, we had interviewed some, we interviewed um, Mike Hill. Thank you. Well, also, um, you know, Olivia we, Troy. <laughs> I mean, we had a bunch no. of people because, funny enough, I was going to yeah. get into that in a second. I'll let you get back into your thought. But January 7th, we were, we were recording an episode, I believe. 
And we happen to have Mike Hill, the former Fox Sports and ESPN sports anchor. But before that, he was an NSA communications analyst for like seven years and had a pretty high government uh, security clearance. But who, who else were you thinking? I was actually I was thinking about Eamon, Eamon Mahadeen. Oh, yeah. Eamon. Because American Radical talks about someone who went to the Capitol that day. And what we saw play out in the video is in real time what happened from what we saw, in the what we learned in the podcast. So all this is to say is that someone was lying on January 6th. And that's what we're seeing so far. One important, de- another important detail, 20 million people watched on Thursday night. The funny part is, you know, Fox News chose not to air it and they actually went two hours commercial free. So if you are a person, uh, not a fan of commercials, Fox News apparently was your night um, because they wanted nothing to do with that hearing. And one of the reasons why they probably didn't was it was a very important detail that came up of a text exchange between Sean Hannity and Kaylee McKinney. Uh, Kaylee McKinney. McInerney. McInerney. You know um, what? It doesn't matter how you pronounce her name. <laughs> yeah, whatever the hell with her. She's right. an ass clown. Um, right. But that conversation, basically Hannity's outlining the ability to bring in the 25th Amendment. Because even Sean Hannity knew this was bullshit. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of T-shirts sometimes that have quotes from people. You know, um, I've only seen them usually of African-Americans. But when I think of that line from Bill Barr, like that's the shirt I want. This was bullshit. Like right. black T-shirt, Bill Barr, you know, quoted because that summed up everything. Yeah. You know, the sequencing like, Mike, you're you know, you're in productions. I thought the sequencing of this was crazy. You know, you're having Representative Cheney go detail for detail and for everything she says. You may as well have had Warner Wolf. Shout out to anyone in our age group and anyone who grew up in you know, the New York metro area. Come right on and say, let's go to the videotape That's because right. that was being played through. So, you know, I was I was going to catch part of it. I ended up staying for the whole time. I right. was just riveted by seeing it, but also creeped out too. that one woman who, you know, who playfully said, who hinted at, I can't say what's going on, but it's going to be big. And to anyone, I'll use this platform for a second and address anyone who did think dust up, not a big deal. Ask yourself one question. If this plays out, if these organizations, if January 6th, if the insurrection plays out where they are successful in what they hope to do, is there a transfer of power? No. They went there for solely that reason. What you're seeing in the video is a group of people who offered to murder elected officials to maintain a lie. Had they been successful, Donald Trump's still president. And our our conversation, whether we're a democracy, a republic, whatever, it doesn't exist because there's been no transfer of power. In the hearing, there was a conversation of the importance of what George Washington had done in the transfer of power as the first president. What we saw with the the 45th president was a hesitancy to transfer power by making up a bullshit story. Bill Barr's words, not mine. And it's frightening. It, it's beyond frightening. And to, I think to anyone who, you know, who on social will come after us or say anything about, wow, you're making a big deal, whatever. And we're going to talk about one jackass who said that in a moment. I would simply ask, okay, bullshit, fine. That plays out. Is Donald Trump still present? And the answer, of course, is yes. Listen, I'll take it a step further. That plays, and, and I think I've said this to people and privately, I'm going to bring it here. I wish they had gotten a hold of somebody. I do wish that somebody had had been harmed, maybe even killed, because then there's no whitewashing of this event. Then you can't go back and say it was a dust up, which we're going to talk about in a second, because an elected official died. 
Ashley Babbitt, no one knows who that is. Roseanne Boylan, nobody knows who that is. Those are people that went there for some peaceful protest that they thought was going to be a protest, all bases on a lie, whatever. Not to say that their lives don't, don't matter, but they're not congressional leaders. They're not in the halls of Congress. Somebody from the halls of Congress passes away that day. I don't think you're getting this whole, well, it was just, well, maybe, maybe you do get, maybe you get the, oh, well, it was just one member of Congress, which would be insane. But go ahead. You wanted to add one quick thing before we get to the other. Well, I, mean, I think I understand your point. I think I'd also offer too that of members of the Capitol Police, we've had at least, I believe, three or four and maybe more at this point who've committed suicide right. uh, from the events that day. But you are absolutely right, though, that had a member of Congress been harmed, that this Acts, this provides a whole other perspective. Although there is a part of my brain that wants to bring into this conversation that we saw Gabby Giffords get shot in the head in Phoenix right. and still didn't and barely got any gun protections. Steve Scalise got shot in a softball game in right. DC, still nothing. But we'll get to guns in the moment. Right. So I, I don't know. But yeah, I do think that there's something to be said that if we play this out and he, heaven forbid we lose a member of Congress, I mean, you had. You know, Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talk about having to replay a traumatic experience pre previously in her life and seeing that start to come back into her for what was going on that day. This is real. People are feel for, fearful for their lives. For those in the Capitol building, this was real to them. So if you are one of those morons listening to this show, well, thank you for listening. Right. But if you are deluded enough to think that this wasn't that big a deal, then I would invite you to talk to any member of Congress who was in the building that day, who was being escorted. Again, not a big deal. Why are they being escorted? Right. Certainly was a big deal that day to them. So let me give a, a quick uh, couple more summation points here. A documentarian, Nick Quested, was actually witnessing some of this, uh, and he testified during the hearing. And he was just documenting some of the video that they actually played in that. And I believe... If I'm not mistaken, he has directed a bunch of different hip hop videos that have been, that have been legendary out there from a bunch of different artists, and he just happened to be rolling camera, you know, and and documenting some of this. Um, Capitol Police Officer Caroline Edwards was injured as part of the uh, the attack, obviously, and she they, they played some of the testimony from her as well. You had some of the testimony from Ivanka Trump. Uh, Donald Trump's daughter saying that she respected Attorney General Bill Barr and she accepted what he was saying. Um, there was a bunch of different things that, that, that were a bunch of takeaway points from the committee. Uh, if you're listening, like I said, to this episode on, on Monday, uh, later today, there's going to be some more hearings as, as the January 6th committee continues to roll these out. And that'll be uh, during the daytime coverage, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Um, let's get into one particular more on being fed a lie and continuing to think it's a lie, but then also making a false equivalency to what happened in the summer with the Black Lives Matter protest back in 2020. So uh, if you don't know what Nick and I are talking about, a uh, former Raiders coach, and that's how Nick and I know him, but he's been in the NFL for a long time. Jack Del Rio is now the defensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, and he has always been very vocal on Twitter. And listen. What have I always said, Nick? You're allowed to be Republican. You're allowed to be conservative. That's fine. At the end of the day, though, sky's blue, sun's yellow. If you can't meet there, everything you're saying is fruit from the poisonous tree. See you later. Kick rocks. Jack Del Rio showed his true colors the other day uh, when he was being asked about how he deals with this social media persona and saying some of the things that he's vocal about. And has he gotten any pushback from players? And then... He got into a little bit of comparing what happened on January 6th to what happened in the summer with the Black Lives Matter protests. Now, 
a lot of other outlets have only played like 20 seconds of the exchange, right? Where he calls the Capitol riots a dust up. Okay. And we obviously know five people died and over 50, 60 million dollars in damages and over a thousand defendants arrested, right? For a small dust up, obviously, Nick. But let me play the full exchange here for what Del Rio said as he was asked this. And then he was asked by another reporter, like a follow up about how his players would feel. And then that's where he jumped into the dust up. So take a listen to this. You obviously have a presence on Twitter and you put out a couple of things the last couple of days that you drew some attention. I'm curious from your perspective, just like how do you balance? You, you want to have your voice. You want to have say things versus how could it play out out here? Anything that I ever say or write, I'd be comfortable saying or writing in front of everybody that I work with, players and coaches. So uh, I express myself as, as an American. Um, we have that ability. I love this country. And, um, you know, I believe what I believe, and I, I've said what I want to say. And every now and then there's some people that um, get offended by it. Uh, it's a slow news cycle, so I guess uh, Mike Florio picked something up yesterday and talked about it. It's not the first time Mike and I have disagreed about things. That's okay. Um, you know, but um, it's, that's pretty much it. There's not, not a whole lot to it. Why is it not important to you, like, if your players are concerned by, by what you'd said? Oh, if they are and, and they want to talk about it, I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem. I, at any time. But uh, but they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question. Really, did I? Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things? We're going to talk about it. Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm laughing uh, because I have no other way to react to that. But, and I tweeted this to, to coach, uh, you may want to look up what false equivalency means. So I want to get into a couple of things that he said there. The first thing that Jack Dorio said there that is dead wrong is, I have my beliefs. Great. Cool. We all have beliefs. This shirt I'm wearing right now is gray. The shirt may make me look stupid. Nick may think it makes me look stupid. But at the end of the day, we can't argue about what color the shirt is. The shirt's gray. It says it on the back of the label. Okay. And so that, that's the first part of this problem. The Rio is hinging on his beliefs and gripping to his beliefs and then making a false equivalency. Both things are bad. Protests that lead to destruction of government or private businesses and property are bad. In 2020, in the summer of 2020, when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening nationwide after George Floyd was murdered by Derek Chauvin, the officer out of Minneapolis, over $2 billion in damage was caused to businesses in different cities, right? Because of protests happening throughout the world, as, as we've learned right? Uh, over 17,000 people were arrested, the Hill reported, 
which obviously if you if you follow the hill.com you can check out all their articles there over 17,000 arrests had been made in the first 2 weeks in the summer of 2020 due to protest okay um, some more serious charges were filed. The Associated Press reported hundreds were charged with burglary and looting as of June 4th, 2020. In October of 2020, the Washington Post analyzed 7,300 protest events and found police made arrests at 5% of them. Only 3.7% of the events involved property damage or vandalism. Okay. So PolitiFact also released something back in June 2020 when the protests happened in the several major cities. They started with violence. Most of the demonstrations across the country, though, according to PolitiFact, were largely peaceful. Okay, so the false equivalency is, again, we get to the root of the fact, right? Not Nick's fact, not Mike Leon's fact. At the end of the day, we all agree that that protests that lead to violence, protests that lead to damaging of government or private businesses, destruction, arson, fire, those are our crimes. You shouldn't be doing that. Those are all crimes. Make your signs, be vocal, be heard, protest peacefully. We all agree with that, Jack. That's the problem. You, you're making the jump to the second part, which is what you're not understanding. Okay. January 6th happened based on a lie. Just like you heard Bill Barr. There was no evidence from the incumbent administration to prove that the election was stolen. The highest officer in the land has all of that evidence, and I'm using air quotes for people that can't see us, has all that evidence and says it's bullshit. And none of it held up in the court of law and even the Supreme Court denying to hear some of the cases. And all of those people organized on January 6th on the basis of a lie and to potentially topple our democracy. The protests that happened in the summer were because a black man who was arrested for paying with a fake $20 bill. My wife paid with a fake $10 bill one time when she was 18 years old. You know what happened to her, Nick? Nothing. She's alive and well. This black man paid with a fake $20 bill. Four police officers held him down and one put his knee on his neck for 10 minutes. And that led to him dying. And now that officer is in jail. Okay. While people stood around and watched and the officers didn't let anybody do anything. And there was an EMT person that was there as well saying that, hey, you're, you're killing him. Okay. That's why people were protesting. The actions that lead to it, yes, we agree. Bad. Stay peaceful. But it's a false equivalency. One is not real. The election's not stolen. The other one, a black man, yet again, killed by the hands of a white police officer. Now, you know, I hate playing that race card that much. But unfortunately, that happened. And that involves a racial element. And that led to other highly uh, visible police killings that happened to African-Americans and Latinos. Okay. And that's why people were protesting in the summers because it felt in, it, it, it funneled into a pattern. Okay. January 6th is not a real thing. Just like we've talked with other people that have been on the show. And January 6th is not a real thing, meaning them coming to protest. It's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. The election wasn't stolen. You're coming here to protest something that is in Spanish, basura, which means garbage. Like You're here for nothing. Why are you here? This didn't happen. Did the court of law not explain to you the 60 cases thrown out? This is not a real thing. What are you protesting? What are you protesting? What rights have been infringed upon? You got to vote. More people voted. 2016, right? 121 million people voted in this country, 
right? In, tw- in 2020, 156 million people voted. It's not that hard. This is math, voter turnout. I turn to you, Nick, because we want to talk a little bit about Del Rio and that mentality that lives out there. And it's because of the echo chamber that he lives in. We heard Mike Gundy as well, the Oklahoma State football coach, say that he watches OAN. And I've mentioned a few times, I listen, I know what that world looks like. I've told you all on this show, I, Sean Hannity does not believe some of that sometimes, but he can't come out at 9 p.m. and say Biden's doing a good job and the Chiron can't say it on the bottom because people will turn it off. They are pot committed. And what's happening on Newsmax and OAN is even worse. It's even worse because they're not even trying to be news organizations. Fox is. We've had a few people on the program that are. They're not even trying. Newsmax and OAN are not even trying. Vaccine has something in it. You know, uh, the primetime programming has, has advocated for removing the leaders due to physical force. Like, they're not even trying to masquerade as news networks, okay? But I turn to you now because I know we wanted to talk about this. This is serious stuff, man. And there are, there are people that legitimately believe that. And Jack DeRio say, let's have a conversation. About what, Jack? What are we conversing about? You believe something that is not real. The election is not stolen. NASED came out on November of 2020, a Trump, a Trump-led organization for election integrity and said this was the most secure election in our nation's history. What do, what do you want to have a convo about? Tell me what you want to have a conversation about. I turn to you now. I, I'm thinking that Jack's argument, because you, you, you've, been, you've been wondering aloud, you know, what does he want to discuss? It seems that a point of contention for him seems to be that, and this is the straw man argument, right? Well, we're making a big deal of, they're making, I, I could have sworn I heard that pronoun in his, you know, ranting and raving. And I would offer to ask Jack, who's they? Because when this conversation about January 6th, a hearing is going on, please understand that the reason we're having a hearing about this and not what happened with the protests in 2020 is because in scenario A, there's an attempt to overthrow the United States government. In scenario B, you have mostly peaceful protests with some property damage. So if we're trying to equate, if you're trying to equate property damage from the protests of 2020, I'm willing to hear this conversation to what happened on January 6th. But the problem is Jack's not even doing that because the second you throw out a term like dust up, it tells me two things. One, either you don't believe the footage, because remember, even the footage that came out at the hearing. Some of it is stuff we haven't seen before, right? But if you were watching television on January 6th, and I believe Fox is also showing this too, what you saw that day were people breaking into the Capitol building in an attempt to stage a coup. So if you, to simply call, to call it a dust up is to tell me that you really don't want to have a real conversation because this is becoming, what about Chicago? And when I hear what about Chicago, what I, want, what I usually say is, what about you kiss my ass? Because that is, that is the height of false equivalency. So Jack doesn't want to have a serious conversation. What he wants to do is to say, well, what about Chicago? But we're going to go ahead and say, what about 2020 protests? Which is code for Black people, in Jack Del Rio's mind, when angry, are more fearful to him, he's more afraid, or he thinks the country should be, than when white people get angry. 
because that's what we saw on January 6th, majority, majority white people basically breaking into the Capitol building. And if that's the conversation we really want to have, then I want to have that conversation with you, Jack, in the locker room for the commanders in front of a mostly black team. But that's not the conversation you want to have. And it's not actually a conversation at all, because really, really what you want to do is say how you feel and be done with it. And you weren't done with it. You had to write of you had to write some stupid you know thing on your notes app, which basically got handed to you probably by PR. Which might let's take a pause for a minute. <laughs> let's talk about the absurdity about the Washington Commanders of all teams taking the higher ground here and fining Del Rio hundred thousand dollars and making him apologize because no matter what you hear, very likely he still feels the way he does. But legal decided to have a conversation with him shortly after his his words. The same team where the owner has basically been has basically been stealing from other owners. <laughs> We've seen this being played out in Congress. Um, has had a has basically been pretty much trying to pimp out his cheerleaders for yeah. inappropriate photography. Right. This ass clown has the nerve to put it down on Jack Del Rio to be the problem for Washington. But that's Dan Snyder. That's how he's always been. So to, to, to Jack Del Rio, I would say that this is, you really don't want to have a conversation. What you really want to have is just your, you want to say what you want to say. And I don't think you would have this conversation in the locker room, predominantly in front of black players, because you know what would happen. And Mike and I are Raider fans. And we saw it play out what happened when Del Rio makes his comments felt. A game in Washington in 2017 right. was basically the end of the Raiders season. We saw a team that previously gone to the playoffs get just destroyed in Washington. And it all began with players mostly taking a knee that day. And what we just saw with Del Rio's comments is he's not down for that. And I think that drama played out into what we saw that season. And that's just, again, from a fan's perspective where we are. But I understand where Del Rio's coming from. I don't agree with it, but say what you want. Yes, this is America. And I hate that comment. Like, like, like you can't say whatever you want in Sweden or Finland or right. India or Australia or the multitude of other countries. Right. Stop. Get a passport, man. Seriously. Right. Seriously. Get a passport. Do some traveling. Jack, wear, Jack wears a USA hat whenever he lands somewhere. Like <laughs> if, if he if he goes anywhere uh, beyond Mexico. Oh, Listen, um, the United States is a great country. I am proud to be a citizen here. I have tons of reservations, but I'm not delusional enough to think that. I can go anywhere. I can't go anywhere else and speak my mind. Right. That's that's stupid. Right. And it's just so, loaded with idiocy. But yeah, I, I'm pissed off because to say, well, I can have a conversation. No, you don't. You don't really want to have a conversation because if you did, you'd know you look dumb. I've, I've said it a bunch. Uh, these these folks on that side of the political aisle, if they if they just went 90 miles south of where I am, okay, and tried to say some of the stuff that they say. They would get shot in the street. We would just keep it moving because that's the beauty of living here. You are allowed to be stupid. You are allowed to be ill-informed. You are allowed to be an idiot. And you are allowed to have a platform to go out on national TV as reporters are asking you. And he can say that because he's been watching stuff that feeds into his narrative. And he can go out there and say that. And he's allowed to be stupid. You're allowed to be stupid in this country. That's the beauty of it, unfortunately. We've got to leave it there. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, going to pivot to something even more serious gun violence the wave of mass shootings that has been happening in this country we look like we maybe have some bipartisan support in the senate and maybe it's maybe it's 
thanks to Matthew McConaughey and the words that he delivered last week on the White House podium. Uh, More on that when we come back after the break. The presenting sponsor of this episode of Can We Please Talk is Athletic Greens. Nick, athleticgreens.com. Now, come on. Everybody knows you've talked about it on the show, how good it is, how it's helped you. You're looking lean, mean for the people watching on YouTube. Tell them about how Athletic Greens has been helping you. Yeah, uh, I'm now about... I think a little a week and a half into my subscription so it comes in great packaging by the way the colors the logo they, they get this right um in addition to that i got mike's gonna probably talk about this in a moment but travel packs you know it's easy mm-hmm. enough to get the bag but the bag is what i'll talk about here got a great bag it's about 30 days supply one scoop 12 ounces of water shake it up in the bottle that they'll provide you and you will feel fantastic i'm at a point now where I don't start my day without it. And they recommend start on an empty stomach. So as soon as I get downstairs, while the coffee water's brewing, and you know how I feel about coffee. We do. I'm pounding my athletic greens, feeling supercharged. Coffee just gets me straight. And I'm, I'm good to start my day. I can't, I can't start my day without it, Mike. Nick loves athletic greens. We love athletic greens here. One delicious scoop of AG1, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right, just like Nick mentioned. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, the energy that you have throughout the day, folks, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things with one scoop, just one scoop, Nick, of AG1. Uh, Listen, folks, right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. No need for these different pills and supplements that you're looking out for your health. You don't need that. Athletic Greens has got you covered. And by the way, to make it easy for being a listener of Can We Please Talk, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G. Again, athleticgreens.com backslash emerging. You don't want to go to that? Click the link in our show notes. That'll take you right to there. It's time to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, before we wrap here, Nick, uh, I did want to give some space to something that I heard last week. Uh, And obviously, if you don't know about this, Matthew McConaughey, the Academy Award winning actor, uh, was he's an Ovalde native. He was born in in the town, excuse me. he obviously still lives in the state of Texas. Uh, we talked about once upon a time, him potentially running for governor, and he decided to kind of sunset that and not run for the high office. Who knows if if that's still in his in his cards uh, to run for Texas governor one day. But he did make a speech, an impassioned speech at the White House podium uh, as he was able to travel to Uvalde and talk to a bunch of the family members, residents there. Um, like I said, this town is very near and dear to his heart obviously him being born there. And um, well, take a listen to some of the things that he said about speaking with some of the parents uh, of some of the kids that that died on that day uh, in Uvalde. And then um, when we come back, Nick and I'll react. My day wore green high top converse with a heart she had hand drawn on the right toe because they represented her love of nature. Camilla's got these shoes. Can you show these shoes, please? Wore these every day. Green Converse with a heart on the right toe. 
These are the same green converse on her feet that turned out to be the only clear evidence that could identify her after the shooting. How about that Because mm. Irma was one of the teachers who was gunned down in the classroom. Joe, her husband, literally died of heartache the very next day when he had a heart attack. Responsible gun owners are fed up with the Second Amendment being abused and hijacked by some deranged individuals. These regulations are not a step back. They're a step forward for a civil society and, and the Second Amendment. Look, is this cure-all? Hell no. But people are hurting. Families are, parents are. And look, as is, is, is divided as our country is, this gun responsibility issue is one that we agree on more than we don't. I highly recommend for people to check out the full uh, 20 minutes there when McConaughey spoke. Uh, he, he goes into a, a lot more. Obviously, he's a gun owner himself. Uh, he goes into a little bit more detail there about all the different kids, man. I mean, it's it's tough to listen to some of that. And obviously, some of the pauses that you heard there, him patting the podium, him slamming his fist down. Um, but I mentioned uh, a while back, one of our episodes was called 19 equals 199, right? A few weeks ago, we talked about this 234 mass shootings that have happened so far in this country. Uh, as of this taping right now, just get this episode out the door, Nick. There's 250 that have happened so far in the U.S. as of this year. And as we were recording this, this the news recently came down, uh, and you're going to hear more about it in the coming weeks as it gets voted on in the Senate. But uh, Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat out of Connecticut, who's been very outspoken proponent of gun safety laws, obviously, of what happened in 2012 in Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook, which, by the way, Newtown, uh, two towns over from where my family lived. Um, so know the community very well and knew people that were affected that day. He's been a chief negotiator of this deal, along with Senator John Cornyn, who's a Republican on Texas from Texas, excuse me. And they announced on Sunday a framework uh, to agree on new gun legislation, marking potentially a breakthrough on a collection of measures to combat gun violence. Some include a red flag law, enhanced background check on gun buyers. Let me tell you a little bit about what uh, may come uh, up to vote for the Senate floor in the coming weeks and could get uh, enacted into legislation. It has 10 Democrats and it has 10 Republicans right now. Uh, a centerpiece of this deal is to provide substantial resources for states to implement red flag laws, which allows individuals like police or family members to petition courts to keep firearms away from people deemed a risk to themselves or others. If you recall in our last episode, Jessica Coggins from the Texas Signal mentioned that shooting in Midland or in Odessa, excuse me, um, where the guy was, his mother was concerned about him. And because Texas has no red flag laws, uh, he was able to attain a gun. If there had been a red flag law in the books, when he went to go buy an, uh, a gun during the background check, it would have been flagged and he would not have been able to purchase that gun. 
the agreement establishes a more rigorous process for background checks on people between the ages of 18 and 21 years old. There's an enhanced review that includes uh, contacting state and local law enforcement for criminal records that could be disqualifying from the purchase and to appropriate state organizations for mental health info that could affect the decision. The other thing that the proposal does is to seek, uh, excuse me, to clarify ambiguities over who must register as a federally licensed uh, firearm dealer for the purposes of conducting background checks. It slaps new penalties on straw purchasing of firearms to improve prosecution of traffickers. And it authorizes new money for mental health services and school safety provision. Excuse me. I think that the other thing that it does also too was something um, uh, in relation to people that have been accused of domestic violence being able to purchase a gun. Uh, it tackles some of that. Um, so there's bipartisan support about this. Obviously, the House last week passed a few bills on gun uh, safety as well that probably wouldn't get past the Senate floor. But because Democrats control the House, they were able to pass some in the House. Um, you heard uh, Mitch McConnell came out recently saying that he's glad that Cornyn and Murphy are continuing to make headway in their discussions. He wants to see a bipartisan product that addresses mental health, school safety and respects the Second Amendment. To that, I already said what I said last week about why you're gripping to that amendment so tight that you probably haven't read and that gun that's a hobby. Um, Nick, takeaways overall on McConaughey's speech last week, if you didn't catch it, obviously uh, uh, the, the soundbite we played there of him talking about Maita, uh, the little 10-year-old girl that that was tragically killed in that and the shoes that she wore, um, the teacher whose husband passed away the next day of a heart attack after hearing that his wife had been um, killed in the shooting. Um, and now, and then you heard what he said also about responsible gun owners, him being one himself and, and how he wants the messaging to kind of, you know, really fall in line with what the majority of the country wants, which is sensible gun ownership and responsible gun legislation out there. And then, and then obviously I know you had some thoughts about Chris Murphy and, and, and this recent thing that just came down as we're recording now. Yeah, it's, it's small, but it feels somewhat symbolic. Um, I'm all, I, I was on Converse's website earlier today. I'd heard a story that the uh, the green truck tailors that Maitha had worn uh, had been sold out. And um, yeah, I'm just confirming it. It, it is true. Uh, there is, I think there's an awareness. Um, there's a pain that we're all feeling, you know, as parents or anyone who cares about kids. Um, so, you know, to her and the other victims, um, you know, we continue to think about them and continue to be angry for them. Um, what what Senator Murphy's excited about, and and let's all be honest for a moment. Um, if if Senator Murphy, who has fought this good fight since Sandy Hook, um, believes in this measure and believes in the hope that this what this measure can bring, then I do as well because I trust him. Um, and to the re- ten Republicans who are currently in these conversations, you know. Um, you know, Senator Murphy, as as Mike had, had mentioned, um, you know, as tweeted at eleven fifty two a.m. you know Eastern Standard Time, we have a deal. Those are those are Senator Murphy's words, and then he goes into a thread about what this proposed bill would bring. Um, I'm excited to see it. You know, the Republicans who are in support, someone um, like John Cornyn, uh, who I've written to in the past uh, when he had. You know, stood on the Senate floor and talked about the Defense of Marriage Act uh, at the time of the Iraq War. Um, I'm glad to see people are trying to come together on on common sense gun uh, laws, or to make it harder in this country for someone to have access to a weapon. 
my only reservation is that you know this is great at a federal level, but if a state like Texas says that we're still not going to enact red flag laws, what is the what is the push that the federal government can have? And that's not the conversation we're going to explore. We should at some point because I am curious about what does that mean. I mean, even at the federal level, right. you know, does that state or does that bill actually play a role in in states um, that just choose to ignore this? But I, I remain hopeful. I remain hopeful that at least there's some meaningful conversations. And you know, I've seen obviously on Twitter, you know, people who say like this is not enough. And to those people, I would say shut up, seriously shut up, right? Because you're not any of those fifty Republicans who up until now will not even have this conversation and shame on all of them. Let's not mince words here about how I feel about them. Um, we should celebrate for a moment that there is an opportunity for meaningful bipartisan bipartisanship here. It's something that's sorely missing. And we talked about this um, with you know the communication former uh, deputy communication director, you know, for uh, representative Kin- Kinzinger. Um, there's a need for bipartisanship and, and Senator Murphy and these Republican senators are, are trying to bring this to the table. Notes that Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema are also part of that conversation too. And that's very important. It's not what we want, but at the moment it is what we need. So I sincerely hope and pray that this moves forward. And the last tweet that Senator Murphy put out about this bill is that there's work to be done. I interpret that as what are these 10 Republican senators going to do when they have to go talk to their colleagues and maintain their integrity? Is the folks like Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz going to win them over and talk about what does this mean financially to the party if they move forward with this? Because the gun lobby is very real in this conversation. So I just hope that the better angels of their nature maintain and that we move forward and this bill gets before the president's desk. And if this reduces the possibility of another Maita losing their life in this country, then it was worth it. It was worth it for this bill to move forward. Well said. The uh, As we wrap here, the 10 senators on the Republican side, Tom Phyllis uh, signed this uh this note that that Chris Murphy mentioned, Lindsey Graham was a part of that too. Angus King, who's an independent, Mitt Romney, obviously Pat Toomey from Pennsylvania, who's retiring, Rob Portman, who's retiring as well from Ohio, uh, Susan Collins from Maine as well, and then a bunch of other Democratic senators. You mentioned Kirsten Sinema, uh, obviously Chris Murphy. Um, you had uh, Bill Cassidy, excuse me, another Republican from Louisiana was on that, but Chris Coons. Uh, signed as well. Uh, Debbie Stabenow from Michigan signed. Joe Manchin, like you mentioned, Mark Kelly from from Arizona as well. So uh, Corey Booker from New Jersey and Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut and Roy Blunt from Missouri, which is pretty shocking to see. But you're right. Hopefully this gets enacted into legislation, gets to the president's desk. more on that in the coming weeks. Uh, we have a we have a fantastic correspondent coming up who's actually in Ovalde covering some of this and was in the Capitol on January 6th covering some of that. So stay tuned for that next episode uh, uh, coming out next week. But more uh, uh, from everything playing out in the political sphere, uh, video of our podcast here, of this pan- fantastic podcast that Mr. Zaveri and I do and the fantastic interviews that we do. Some of the YouTube comments have been making me laugh over the last couple of days, and I've been sending them to Nick. But uh, you want to check out all the video interviews that we do on YouTube, head to our YouTube channel, type in Can We Please Talk? You can find all of the video content that we push out from the show, audio podcast platforms. You know them by now, but please leave us a five-star review and comment, please, wherever you can leave us a review, feedback. We appreciate it. We read it on this show. Everyone that knows me and Nick knows text, email, DMs of all of our social handles. You hit us up, 
you've got some feedback, we're probably going to bring it over here and we'll and we'll talk about it on the program. Shout out to ACAST, our hosting platform. We could not do it without them. And shout out to each and every one of you for listening to this program. If you've made it this far, I truly cannot thank you. I thank you each and every week for this, but two and a half years of doing this program, being able to have on different people from different sectors and talking about news and politics and bringing in uh, the knowledge base I have as a former producer and Nick as a former host um, is is fantastic to be able to uh, share that with the audience. So I can't thank each and every one of you enough. As always, I am Mike Leon. On behalf of Maita, her classmates, um, may they rest well and may we do better. I'm Nick Saveri. We'll see everybody next time. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.